Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of Your Questions Answered. I'm here with Pastor Steve. We're back in his office this morning. It's been it's fun. Different places. We haven't filmed on the roof yet. Perhaps we'll do that in my other office. But Maybe in the spring, brother. Yeah. Oh, next to the new units. Thanks, Noah, by the way. I'm getting those installed. Um, anyway, so back to uh, this past week's sermon. You talked about strongholds. I was joking with you earlier. Um, I didn't create an exact count, but I feel like this past Sunday was the Sunday you had the most, like, almost wrapping up or just one more oh, point or oh. two minutes left. <laughs> so it was it was really good. I think it was awesome to hear. I won't throw you under the bus too much because I struggle with, like, added, added things, and it was all good stuff that you added. Well, so. I feel like at least two of those are, wait, just one more story. Yeah. So that's different than right. one more point. Well, your last story was about the dog, and that was really profound, actually. You talked about cleaning the wounds and... Yeah, and about how we, you know, even even in the the pain, there's sometimes good that comes out of that pain too. So, yeah, yeah. And the one inflicting the pain is not mad at you. Yeah, yeah. And you started with that spaniel. Oh, oh wow! Remember that was, that was after a dog? that was the kind okay. of dog. Yeah. yeah, I've seen a lot of mean, mean don't get those. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. No dog advice here today, perhaps. <laughs> but um, yeah, you talked about strongholds. You talked about. Um, even an aspect, I think it's big, um, that God is a good God. And that God, mm-hmm. we, we say this, and I don't know if we really know what it fully means when He loves us, that He actually loves us even in our sin. He loves us, the, the worst parts of us, and calls us out to something higher for sure. He doesn't want us to sustain us, and, mm-hmm. but He's not an angry God towards us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I appreciate you going after that, which is perhaps new to some folks who've never, who've always heard of God as the God of wrath, who, who hates yeah. sin. But sometimes that that's a broad brush and thinks that we're also hated too because we're we have sinned. Um, so thank you for going after that. Yeah. But I wanted to talk a little bit about something you shared at the end of um, your sermon on strongholds, and that was about the shame um, mm-hmm. that's attached to it. Uh, you mentioned about how uh, related it to the the recent COVID pandemic that we've gone through as a world, and how people were shamed for getting COVID. Because people made, perhaps other people made assumptions about, you know, they weren't vaccinated or they were a risky behavior, no. that kind of thing. But you, you paralleled it and tied it into the shame that people feel for having a stronghold in their life. As if, oh, yeah. um, but I, I wanted to ask a question about that. And this is related to some, uh, actually somebody wrote in about this and just talked about repeated strongholds, but also repeatedly tempted for the same stronghold. Mm-hmm. And even the shame of just getting tempted again, even if they don't ever give in to that temptation, there's still a shame that lingers that, hey, I'm getting tempted yeah. about this over and over again. I thought I was free. I thought I uh, was victorious in there. Even if they haven't given in to that temptation, yeah. they still feel shame. Can you speak on that a little bit? Yeah. yeah well, I think the temptation one's a little bit easier to, to address. Hebrews says that Jesus... The great high priest was tempted in all points, just like you and I, yet he was without sin. So that's where it's different, right? He, he didn't sin. He never gave in to the lie. He never mm-hmm. ate from the fruit of the other tree. Uh, but he was tempted in every way. Adam and Eve were not sinful when they were tempted. Mm. They were pure. They were in the image of God, undefiled at that point. It's not a sin to be tempted. Um, the devil will always probe. It's like um, he sends demons or whatever into our lives and he's always probing looking for the spot and he'll be at it for our entire life as he was with Jesus so 
that's not a problem. If you're tempted, congratulations, the devil's afraid of you. Hmm. Um, he, and he fears all of us. We were created by God to rule over all the works of his hands. Mm-hmm. That includes the fallen angels. It includes the devil and all of his minions. So that's, we have authority already over them. We are the rightful heirs of earth. And uh, we belong in that position of authority. So uh, being tempted, not a problem. Caving to that temptation is when we have problems mm-hmm. and when we give in to it. So I would suspect that for most believers, the real uh, shame, guilt, condemnation cycle comes from being tempted again with that same old thing, and here I am collapsing, giving in to it, mm-hmm. and um, acting, in, acting upon that temptation rather than doing warfare, submitting to God, resisting the devil, and watching him run, mm-hmm. run for his life. Yeah, you, you mentioned that verse about submitting to God, resisting the devil. Do you think that some people would take that out of order? Sometimes they try to resist the devil first. Hundred percent. Yeah, I think that's the source of all religious striving. Hmm. I'm going to work out my own salvation on my own, as if the Father began this good work in me, but now it's up to me to maintain it. And I think there is some good in that. There is a good in cooperating with God. Obviously, He doesn't possess us in the sense of taking over our body, soul, and spirit. He doesn't, you know, we're not robotic. We weren't in the beginning in the garden. There were options. They had free will in the garden. And I believe the main thing that gets restored in Christ is we have our free will back. We were slaves to sin before, whether we acknowledged it or not. Uh, We were. And now we're slaves to righteousness. Now we, we have been completely set free. And now we can't help but be righteous. So I think what I was getting at with that, maybe where this other question comes from, is that we're, if we're in sin and we perpetuate a certain sin practice, mm-hmm. we're living untrue to our actual identity that now we know. We're in Christ. That means now we know what we were made to be. We have an internal knowledge. Mm. I am a son of God. The Spirit confirms that we are the children of God. Mm. And so when we behave otherwise, we're at, we have this conflict within ourselves. It's not God creating conflict in our lives now. Now the conflict's in the and the war is right in here, and that's why we're discussing strongholds and spiritual warfare because this yeah. is where it happens in here and in here, and that's that's the source of it. So a moral failure in light of that is usually where Christians end up down in that hmm. shame, guilt, condemnation cycle. And you've preached before on shame. I actually had a sermon a few months ago about mm-hmm. well. So a while ago, before David, I think, before your see now you're 40, so now time <laughs> begins to take on different meaning. Oh boy, meaning. yeah, um, but yeah, so it was a, it was a while ago, probably six months or so ago. You had a, or maybe even last year. Wow, time does fly. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. You just wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you spoke about the there is a certain measure of healthiness to experiencing shame because that yeah. is a communication of your spirit, your soul, even that God speaking to you and saying, this is wrong. My conscience is speaking to me. This is wrong. Yeah. Uh, it's what we do with that shame. It's the, the negative aspect. Uh, I mean, if we hide and run away like Adam and Eve did from God, yeah. or we run towards Him. Um, I mean, that always gets me that in the Garden of Eden, that, that God was still looking for Adam and Eve yeah. after they sinned. Mm-hmm. After they did the one thing He told them not to do. Yeah, only one, one rule. Yeah. One ru- you couldn't keep one rule. You know, that would have been me. <laughs> In that situation, but yeah. yeah, they were in that sense the first members of the church. The ecclesia literally means the called out ones. So God called to Adam and Eve, "Where are you?" So they were the first members of the church. With all respect to Dante, but not at the bottom of the lowest level of hell. 
all because right. of all of what they brought in the world. But I think we're getting off on a rabbit trail. No, this is, that was, this is that okay. That was on me. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate it. So, um, you know, being to, to summarize, being tempted is not a sin in and of itself. Yeah. Even if you're repeatedly tempted. He said it's almost like a congratulations that the devil is after you now. Yeah. Because you're doing something right, actually. Yeah. Walking in uh, holiness or starting to walk in holiness towards God. Yeah. Then what happens over the course of time is you now build a righteous stronghold on top of that former demonic stronghold mm -hmm. is that the voice of temptation diminishes. It's not as strong as like let's say you're an addict mm -hmm. like drugs alcohol they have a voice like people have described it even that have been deep in like crack or heroin addiction mm -hmm. it's like a like a voice that's right there the longer you get away from it the more you build righteous strongholds on top that voice just fades into nothingness and mm. although the temptation is still there you'll look at it and go wow i can't believe i ever fell for that yeah mm. um, that's kind of how temptation works as you mature in christ mm -hmm. But I think you, you asked a question, and we we're, were talking, too, about what if I do keep falling into it? And yeah. No, I feel condemned. I feel ashamed mm -hmm. of all of it. So I have a, I wanted to read something. You mentioned to me that this was the question. And yeah. This, uh, this passage in John came up. So this might put some, especially new believers, at rest about a truth. Um, verse Chapter 1, verse 5. This is the message we've heard from him and announced to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him, but we walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. So right there I can say that if somebody is intentionally walking in sin, mm -hmm. like eyes wide open, I'm tempted, I don't care what God says, I'm going to do this anyway, that verse is for you. Mm. You are intentionally walking in darkness now. I'm not talking about bondage. I'm not mm. talking about, oh man, I blew it again. That's Even the tone of that is not... I don't mm. care. It's not this arrogant, proud, I know what God says, but I'm going to do the opposite mm. kind of thing. Like, we're not pulling a Jonah on this. Gotcha. That's, that's a verse for the Jonahs out there. If you are walking in darkness on purpose and living a double life, please don't receive what I'm about to share with you as being for you because you are on purpose shaking your fist in rebellion against heaven. That's a dangerous thing to do. Mm. And you can't then expect the promises and blessings of God to flow because you just swung your double door gate wide open to hell to say, I'm actually partnering with hell while pretending to partner with heaven in my life. And it just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. you know, that's, a, that's, a, that's a hard word, I know, and, uh, but it's, it's Bible. It's true. And I say because I love you, because I don't think, uh, you know, over the years we see these people just completely fall apart. And it didn't happen in a day. Yeah. It happened because there's been a double life situation going on for months and years, maybe decades, and finally it catches up with you. So, mm. uh, But it says, one of my favorite buts in the New Testament, but if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. So it's just walking in the light, having fellowship with the saints. Mm. This, by the way, is our common ground in Christ. We're all people who walk in the light. We have ugly, we have sin that remains, we have issues, sometimes a lifetime subscription to issues. We, we have all of that, but we're walking in transparent fellowship with each other. I got nothing to hide, you got nothing to hide. Yeah. Even if my ugly gets exposed somehow, I'm not going to be cast out, I won't be rejected because the Father hasn't rejected me. Hmm. So how can one of the kids kick me out of the house if the Father hasn't kicked me out of the house? Hmm. So. But then it goes on, and this is the comfort I want to bring to those who are experiencing that shame, guilt, condemnation cycle. Mm -hmm. 
If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. Mm. So this is John writing to believers that he himself discipled. So this is a letter written to friends. He knows these people. Mm -hmm. And he calls them his children. You know, I love you like children. Uh, And and there's a flat out, every one of you still has sin and you know it. Mm -hmm. Everyone gathered on a Sunday morning in a church, everyone in a small group, in a home, everybody has sin that remains. You're not special just because you struggle with sin. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that doesn't make you the exception. You're no different than the rest of us. Yeah. Hmm. The difference might be how we handle the knowledge that I've still got sin within me. So we can get defensive. That's what strongholds are. They're literally a place of defense so that we can think like we used to think and remain as we are. That's what the bottom line of strongholds is. So we can confess our sins. But then it goes on. I love what John says here in chapter 3. Little children, let's not love with word or tongue, but in deed and in truth. Hmm. We will know by this that we're of the truth. And we will assure our heart before him in whatever our heart condemns us. For God is greater than our heart. Mm. I just love that verse. In whatever our heart condemns us, Mm. God is greater than our heart. Mm. God is greater than your shame. God is greater than your own Uh, self-punishment. This whole concept of, well, I deserve God's wrath now. And since he won't give it to me, I'm going to put it on myself. That's what guilt, shame, condemnation is all about. Mm. I'm going to punish myself since God's not punishing me. What we're doing when we do that is saying, number one, God's not a fair judge. Mm -hmm. Because if the righteous judge says you are free to go, like Psalm 32, happy is the one whose whose sins have been freely forgiven, whose innocence has been declared by the God of heaven. Mm. So the first thing we're doing when we punish ourselves and stay in that cycle is we're saying, God, you were wrong about me. You might have got, I know, all these other people that received your grace, but I don't deserve it. So I'm going to just go take care of the judgment that you missed with (laughs) me. We're saying saying that the cross wasn't sufficient for Mm. me. It worked for everybody else, but Mm. it doesn't work for me. Um, uh, So we're doing that we are saying that there is a limit to the power of that cross Hmm. when we do that to ourselves. And the problem is, I'm going to bring this out a little bit more on Sunday with forgiveness, unforgiveness, that whole issue is that if we haven't received it from the Lord, how can we then go dispense it to others? Yeah, wow. Uh, You have to, we we minister out of an experience that we've had with the Lord where we know the, what a wretch we are. We, we've seen the depravity. Mm-hmm. And if we had no external restraints, what we would actually do with our lives. And, um, you know, when we come to Christ then and we, we get in this land of grace that we now mm-hmm. live, all of that can be left behind. So I think maybe to summarize, and I said these words already, just as a, to make sure I get this through. Yeah. You're not special just because you still struggle with sin. Mm-hmm. You're no different than, than the rest of us. Hmm. And I think I have, I've talked to a few dear brothers and sisters who feel like their sin dis- disqualifies them from fellowship with the body. Like they would rather stay at home and actually feel like they are punished. That's their punishment yeah. to stay at home instead of coming and walking in the light. These are people who genuinely, yeah. genuinely believe that they know what they've done is wrong and they're actively stepping away from it, but they still feel they disqualify themselves from yeah. stepping into the church. Um, and I think yeah. when you read that passage, it, it, what struck me is, is walking in the light was first, but then having fellowship 
yeah. with second too, which includes fellowship with the rest of the body. Yeah. Um, and you know, obviously the main reason why people don't feel comfortable with that because they they became vulnerable in a situation somewhere, mm-hmm. shared their sin with somebody, or it got found out whether they, you know, confessed it themselves or it got exposed somehow. Mm-hmm. And saints of God in their lives rejected them. Yeah. Wow. Or in some way communicated, wow, how to, shame on you, you know, and, uh, and, and maybe not using those words, although I've heard some people do that. Um, and, and so it reinforces what our heart already wants to believe, which is that I'm not deserving of the grace of God. There's mm. something different about me and worse about me. Mm. You know, I'm the uh, chief of sinners, as Paul described himself. I think Paul was. You know, he, he described it in terms of, you know, I, the chief of sinners, as being, I recognize without Christ, I remember what I was. Mm. And I know that without Christ, I could become that again. So there's, a, there's this always dependency, walking in the light. There's an always dependency mm-hmm. on the Father like that for, the, for that kind of grace. But I think what we often fail to really grasp is that all the wrath of God that we deserved was poured out on Christ on that cross. Mm. As, the, psalm, as the, the song says, the wrath of God was satisfied. Yeah. Um, which song is that? In Christ Alone. In Christ Alone. Yep. I mean, hymns were how people of old sang their doctrine because mm-hmm. uh, they were largely illiterate. So it was a good way of getting theology out there. But the wrath of God was satisfied on the cross. There's nothing left for us. There's no more wrath. God wasn't holding it back mm-hmm. for another occasion. Everything that God would have done to punish us the chastisement that brought us peace with God was laid upon him on that cross. There's nothing left to do. That's a great way to end, I think, today. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, just to relish in that truth mm-hmm. of the finished work of God. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank Amen. you. Thank you for sharing. Thank it's you. exciting to keep stepping into walking in the light. Yeah. to establish new strongholds. I love what you talked about on Sunday about it having to mean a, a stronghold is a living thing too. So just as we're cutting off, mm-hmm. you know, the, the wrong strongholds the, where we've allowed demons and demonic um, strongholds to engage, kind of like cutting the root of a plant. You talked about the morning glory a little bit too. That was oh, a big deal. Yeah, I was having a good day, Todd. You had to bring that up. <laughs> well, I've had plants too. We have, we have a root of something in our bushes that we have to chop and hack yeah. out, but yeah, it is a living thing. So, but establishing a new stronghold on top of that, that displaces everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Praise God. Amen. Well, thank you guys for connecting with us this week. We appreciate you. We appreciate uh, your desire to go after all of what God has for you. And we desire the same. So blessings to you guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Amen. Amen.